0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody this morning. Wonderful to be in his presence. And uh, today, we were going to have Pastor Steve uh, back, but he decided, like some others of us, to uh, contract some type of thing this past week. (laughs) So you could hear it in my voice as well, probably. Uh, Around Wednesday, I was... Wednesday, Wednesday night, had no voice. By Thursday morning, mid-afternoon, I was Barry White. <laughs> and this morning, I'm Lou Rawls. How's that? So, it, you know, it's getting up there a little bit better. But, uh, so anyway, uh, he decided, especially with his condition, his, voice, his throat was not feeling too good, and he said that he's just going to stay home. So, hallelujah, we still have Tanya in town. Everybody say amen. Amen. By the way, when are you leaving?
1: When am I leaving?
0: Yeah, for Brazil.
1: I leave next week, on the 14th.
0: On the 14th. Yeah, so, amen. Days. She'll be back to Brazil. So, hallelujah. But amen. In the meantime, we're just going to go ahead and worship. Why don't we stand together? And this is, as you can tell by the, by the uh, platform, this is the start of Christmas season. We're going to begin with joy to the world, but let's just open our hearts in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much that we can have joy this morning, joy unspeakable and full of glory, all because of what you did on the cross, what you started in the manger and you finished on the cross. That's what it's all about, and that gives us joy this morning. So we pray, Father, we'll open our hearts to you, listen to your voice, listen to your spirit, allow you to change us and shape us as we go to the communion table and celebrate all that you are. Fill us with your joy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
1: You guys ready? Joy to. part and it may be a little new okay here it goes verse, okay.
0: how many are glad heaven fights for you right now hallelujah praise his name hallelujah hallelujah and one of the greatest examples we could see of heaven fighting for us and what he did is what's at the altar this morning the communion table so we're going to take a few moments and go before him in communion so i'd like you to just uh, as is our custom as we continue to worship just come down take your elements you can return to your seats and be seated and uh This morning, Pastor Ron's going to oversee communion time with us. So just worship him together.
2: such a special time to think about what jesus did for us he did so much he he went to the cross he laid down his life and and he wants us to take this time and to reflect upon that that very thing that he did for us and also too for us to look at our lives take an inward look at our lives of of maybe some unconfessed sin that we know of that we want to confess to jesus he knows everything anyways. So we, we might as well just tell him what, what we did, uh, sins of commission, sins of omission, when we should have maybe did something we didn't do. But now is the time when we, we think about those kind of things. And just be open. Just uh, ask him to search your heart. Search my heart, Lord, for things that you want me to do, things that, that I may have strayed from or may have um, did that I shouldn't have did, those kind of things. Just be transparent. And he wants to us to know that we're forgiven. There's, yes. there's, uh, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Don't even look in, don't even look in the past. He, he's already taken care of all that. So he did such a major accomplishment for, for humanity. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the yes, world Jesus. for all who believe. Do you believe? Amen. 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 I believe too. So in the book of First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us now partake of the bread. Jesus' body was broken. He was crushed on the cross for for mankind, for us. That's why we take the bread, the broken bread. We remember that. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Yes. So at this time, remembering what Jesus did for us. He, he spilled his blood that, that paid for our sin debt. So at this time, let's partake of the cup. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He is coming back. You know that, right? He's coming back. And we're going to lock eyes with him. And, And the words we want to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you have done for us, Lord. You have done so much. And we are looking for that time. When we meet you in heaven, Lord, and we thank you for what's coming, we know that you paid for our sin debt completely and in full. We believe that, we know that, we want to live that, and we want to share that. We thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus. In your name we pray, sir. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together for one last worship song. We're going to sing to the great I Am. Let's just open up our hearts to him. Thank him for what he did. to him one more time, who is worthy, hallelujah Lord, God Almighty. Thank you this morning that you're the great I am. There is none beside thee this morning. Father, I don't care what is in our lives or in our hearts or in our minds right now, there is nothing that can compare with you, nothing that is beside you. You are all alone in your place of glory and honor. And Father, we want to put you there and keep you there. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us, we thank you for touching us, we thank you for your word, we thank you for what you did at the cross, we thank you for what you did at the resurrection. We are so thankful this morning that we have a God that is almighty over every situation. We know there are many that are struggling physically right now. The flu is going around again, whatever it is, whatever name we want to call it, it's going around. We thank you that you're going to protect us, watch us, cover us, keep us. You're going to give healing. You're going to give divine protection for everything, Father. We thank you for that ahead of time for whatever situation we might be facing, Father. It doesn't matter, body, soul, or spirit, it doesn't matter. You're in complete control. And that, Father, you are the ones that will are still the healer, the guide, the lead, the provider, everything, Father. So we thank you for that, Father. And we're going to praise you as we lift that name continually in these days. For your glory we ask it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody stay standing for just a moment, and we want to have Pastor Yuri come up, who, by the way, did a great job last Sunday. A lot of <laughs> good compliments. But... Tuesday, Tuesday, he's heading back down to Guatemala to bring back his bride yeah. to be. <laughs> Abby is, is her name. and her, 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 Say her whole name the way they like to say
1: it. Marta Abigail Calarino. So they have four names that they yeah. use there.
0: <laughs> I, I believe uh, uh, down there, I don't know if it's the same in Brazil, but the man takes the woman's name last name, right? Yeah. So it's going to change once she gets up here. But but anyway, as far as we know, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, uh, Abby will be with us next Sunday. So he's going to go pick her up and bring her back. And due to customs and things like that, they, he was saying that it's better that they get married up here and not down there for some reason for visas and things like that so there will be a wedding that'll be coming up sometime in the future here we'll be giving you all that information as that unfolds but let's just extend our hand to yuri and we're just going to ask for traveling mercies and just a wonderful time back father we just thank you so much for this wonderful event that's going to happen that from two different sides of of the continents you've brought together these two hearts and we are so grateful that we ask your blessing on abby on her family that as she will be leaving and starting a new life in another country that she'll strengthen their hearts, comfort their hearts, and also as she settles herself here in this new country, uh, learning the new language properly and, and learning all of our customs and things like that, we ask that you would help us just to welcome her, to love her as she is, and to make her part of this family as well. Give strength and wisdom to Yuri as this unfolds and we're going to promise to praise you as we see this wonderful thing happen in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. And Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. <clears throat> you may be seated. And uh of course, uh and um, Tanya's husband's name is what? Ezekiel. Oh, I'm sorry. Where are you? Oh. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Well, Tanya and Ezekiel are moving to the Youngstown, so oh, <laughs> She's looking at me like, wait a minute, I didn't know that. (laughs) Wouldn't it be wonderful if they did? I just think it would be wonderful, you know, but, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, If you do, you're more than welcome to move to Youngstown, by the way. What does your husband do for a living? Oh, well, he could move, yes, he could move to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Pittsburgh or Cleveland, that's fine, (laughs) we have a Youngstown thing it's not really a thing it's part of the military right it's not even a thing anymore yeah you know but anyway hallelujah ushers if you'll come Father, we just thank you so much that we can continue to worship you through the giving of tithes and offerings. We know you're going to take this offering. You're going to do as you've always done here at Emmanuel. You've blessed it. You've multiplied it. We are so blessed and astounded and amazed to be in the black consistently, and it's all because of your grace and mercy and the faithfulness of your people. So bless as we give, and we're going to promise to give back to you as you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And... You may take your Bibles and open them too. Philippians, a third chapter. For those of you who are accustomed to me, uh, it's been, if we go back to Maybe when I was 23, let's say. That would be like 40 years ago. Wow. (laughs) And uh, so about two or three times a year, I always get something, a sinus, something. It's just one of the weaknesses I have in my body, I guess. And so you figure that's about 120 times that it's happened to me. And so you're blessed to enjoy the 121st time with me. How's that? So I have my Kleenex with me. we're going to pray that we make it all the way through uh, without flinging some type of mucus somewhere. <laughs> Donna's going to move back now. She's the... <laughs> oh, you have the same thing I do. Oh, well, that's it. that's it. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12. Uh, We are in this wonderful chapter, in this wonderful little book, moving through. We talked about gaining Christ last week, and we're going to talk about gaining Christ a bit further this morning with the Apostle Paul. We're in verse 12, and Paul gives these very interesting phrases, uh, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We saw that Paul's uh, end desire uh, last week was to attain the resurrection. And that's what we are all looking forward to. Uh, there will be no more sinus infections in heaven. Amen? Amen. That's our blessed hope. That's our goal. Uh, Earlier, he said that he struggled whether to stay here with the church or to go to be with the Lord. He said there's that tension, and he resolved it in that wonderful phrase where he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What a wonderful thing, to die is gain. But he did say then that it's more needful for each of us to stay where we're at. Sometimes that's ug. We want to be with the Lord, but we're staying here and we are occupying till he comes. We're blessing, we're ministering, we're sharing until he calls us home to be with himself. And uh, it's like the uh, three officers that were killed in a a shootout and they stood before St. Peter and uh, St. Peter said, what do you want everybody to say as they look at your casket? And the first guy said, well, I would like them to say that he was a brave officer of the law. I said, that's good. Second guy said, I would love them to say he died serving his community. And he said, well, that's, that's very noble. Looked at the third guy and said, how about you? And he said, I would like them to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> so <laughs> whether we live or whether we die, we're with the Lord's. Sometimes we're moving, sometimes we're not. <laughs> but then Paul gives us... This strange wording, and we mentioned this a little bit last week. He gives us this strange wording, and he says about attaining the resurrection. It seems like he is implying that we can do things to get to the resurrection, and that's not necessarily what he's saying. The word here, when he says, uh, not that I have already attained, the word is actually more akin to obtain. So he was saying, it's not that I have already obtained the resurrection. That is, it's not a present possession for me. It's a future possession. We often say that the kingdom of God is now, but not yet. It is now. Everything the kingdom of God has is for us right now, but the manifestation of it is not yet. It's, it's still a future possession. And we know that for, for sure, because all we have to do is look around and see that we're not in heaven. God have mercy. I hope this is not heaven it 's wonderful, I love life, I want to keep living life, but we know this is not heaven. hallelujah by the way, Beverly, how are your feet amen she had uh, she had uh, some because of circulation and some other things she had some they feel the onset of gangrene and might have to lose two of her toes but hallelujah well they 're looking better, and you 're still here, and you 're still walking, so Amen. Praise the Lord. And that just went out to all of Facebook for you. So they're praying. Hallelujah. Uh, anyway, uh, so hallelujah. We're, we're, we're still here. I like what uh, J. Vernon McGee, somebody, he's one of, one of my dad's favorite uh, radio preachers. He, he, he would always listen to him. And some of you might remember that name from the past. And he, he said very well that some people get the impression that being saved by faith means there's no motivation for conduct or works. They think that if a person is saved by grace, it must mean that he just sits around and twiddles his thumbs until Jesus comes back. Nothing could be further from the truth. Saving faith is a faith that moves you. And that's so true. It moves us forward. So Paul is saying, I have been apprehended by God. I'm on my way, but I've still got a job to do while I get there. And so he gives these verses, and he, and he gives us sort of an analogy of, of racing. He says, I'm reaching, I'm pressing, there's a prize at the end, and, and that's what we're doing. And, and he, he describes this faithful servant who faithfully runs the race who patiently endures who walks calmly in a Christ like manner and who fights the good fight of faith how many know that's a goal for all of us I, I, that would be a wonderful goal to faithfully run to patiently endure to what and I know I just swore at you from the pulpit I use the word patience we don't like that word but, but, but it but 's patience and endurance, and he often uses analogies right He uses analogies throughout his throughout his writings in one very familiar one he uses the, the analogies of, of the metaphors of, of farmer, soldier, and runner doesn 't he? Farmer waiting patiently for the harvest, uh, a soldier that's fighting the good fight of faith, and a runner that's patiently running that race. And, and I told you before, I don't like any of those analogies in my life because they all speak of hard work, pain, exertion, expenditure of energy. I told you before that I would much prefer that if, if Paul said anything, he would say a buffet eater, a sports enthusiast, and a napper. <laughs> that's much better. I can do those really well. but the running, the racing, the farming oh my goodness that's too much work but in each of these analogies the point remains the same doesn't it? As in our text today it's more important than how you run the race is how you finish the race more important than how you run it is how you finish I'm not condoning shallow weak Christianity but I am saying this there are many who begin but they never complete they start but they never finish They sprint real fast, don't they? But they lose in the long distance. There are many that are like shooting stars. Oh, they look so great when they accept Christ. A lot of oohs and ahs. That's amazing. But they end up a burning crater with nothing there. So our goal is to complete the task. That's what we want to do. We want to attain what we have already obtained in Christ. And of course, along the way, we're going to trip and fall. Anybody ever trip and fall? Yep, you have, and you will. Uh, We may take two steps forward and one step back. We may take some detours. But the goal is to finish. So three quick points this morning. We're going to look at the start of the race, the course of the race, and the finish of the race in our lives, taken from these three verses here, 12, 13, and 14. So he starts off by saying, the start of the race, I have been apprehended. I have been. He said, I'm not apprehending. I'm not not getting it. I already have been apprehended. See, Paul understood what the grace of God was all about. He knew that it was God and not him. How many are glad it's God and not you? He did not get God. God got him. He was not getting God. God was getting him. He was not apprehending God. God was apprehending him. We don't hold on to God. God holds on to us first, and then we respond to his holding. We do not obtain. He obtains for us, and then by faith, we accept what he obtains. That's what this communion is all about. You didn't do this yourself. Jesus did this, and then he offers it to all of us. And then we have the choice. either accept what Jesus did on the cross, or I do not accept what Jesus did on the cross. But we make the choice to obtain what he has already obtained for us. There are many Christians who are continually trying to get from God what they already possess. They beg for something that they already own. You already own it all. You don't have to beg for it. It's right here. You have to obtain it and receive it. It's very simple. There are many Christians that look around for something that they're already standing in. Stand, therefore, Paul says, in the grace that you have, the mercy and the joy and the power and the authority. Stand there. Faith walks in what God has already given us, even when we can't see it. Or probably should say, especially when we can't see it. Faith continues to walk continues to obtain father i don't uh, your word says that you healed this body in this particular case I, i don't i don't see it i don't feel it but i'm gonna keep receiving it your word says that you're gonna provide my every need i i don't i don't see it the checkbook is not reflecting it but i'm gonna believe by the end of the month that the bills are gonna get paid i'm gonna keep believing father i'm gonna keep believing so, we don't, we don't seek for those things. We stand in what we have. So, Paul says, I've started the race. And immediately, as we know from Paul's life, when he was apprehended by God, he started the race. He didn't wait to learn more. He didn't wait to be more. He didn't, he didn't wait to apprehend more. God got me when I, I, I in, in his particular case, God got me. And so I jumped. and, and of course, in his case, he fell off his horse blind. <laughs> but, as soon as God got him, he began to move forward in him. And it's always been that way for us as believers. You know, I, I love um, the one part of, of my heritage, uh, even, actually even both parts, my mother's side of the family and the Italian side of the family. I, I love hearing the stories of those old, especially the Italians that couldn't speak English, that just got off the boat, but they just went around preaching the gospel didn't have Bible degrees, didn't know anything, just kept preaching, just kept telling people, Gina, you know it from from up in Greenville, just kept preaching the word, didn't know anything. But that didn't stop them. I'm so glad that there are people that don't get stopped because they don't know nothing. <laughs> But that's the way the word has always been. That's the way it's always been. Abraham was old. Moses stuttered. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Amos had no training. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Jesus was too poor. Jeremiah was too young. He was depressed and he cried a lot. Timothy had ulcers, John was self-righteous, Ruth was a widow, Paul was a murderer, so was Moses. Mark was rejected by Paul, Jonah ran from God, Miriam was a gossip, Gideon was a doubter, Thomas was a doubter, right? Elijah was moody and arrogant, sat under a tree and cried, Martha was a worrywart, Mary was lazy, Zacchaeus was short, Samson had long hair, Noah got drunk, Peter was afraid of death, Lazarus was dead and God still used him. Did I mention that Moses had a short fuse, and Peter had a short fuse, and Paul had a short fuse? A lot of people have short fuses. The question is, are you still waiting to get good enough for God to use you? Because if you are, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because there ain't nobody in his room good enough for God to use. you still waiting to start? Don't wait, Just start. Well, but I don't, I don't understand everything. It doesn't matter. You don't have to understand. Well, I, I don't know the way. It doesn't matter. That's never stopped any believer. You just keep moving. Well, I don't understand scripture. I've been doing this for 41 years. I still don't understand scripture. You don't let that stop you. It doesn't matter. You just keep moving forward. Well, I have so many questions. I know. We all do. And I have more questions every day. Every moment of the day, more questions are coming up into mind. But listen, I'll tell you one thing for sure. The answers are definitely not behind you. The answers are not here. The answers are ahead of you, and you got to keep moving. If you stop, you'll never get to the answer. So, you have been apprehended, so start. Start. Jesus did the work first. Now just start. So you say, well, how does this work its way out then? Well, that's the course of the race. Paul says in verses 13, he says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but I've been apprehended, so it's very confusing. And then he he says, uh, I, I believe what Paul is saying there is, I have not finished the race, and I never will finish the race until he tells me that it's time to finish the race. When he tells me it's time to finish the race, then I'm done. I wonder... How many believers finished before they started? (laughs) How many have never finished? How many have started but petered out and didn't stop? How many stopped too soon in their walk with the Lord because of frustration, rebellion, lust, the cares of the world, Jesus said, the sower and the seed? I I, I can name names right now of some people that I know that have just stopped. They've just stopped, They're, they're done. They've just stopped. For no apparent reason, they've just stopped. Each of us, I believe, has a laundry list of excuses that we could give as to why we should stop. I remember when I was in college, uh, I believe it was at Youngstown State, I was picking up some classes. And and it was back in the day, you know, in the 70s, uh, when young people actually went to, to class. I don't know if you knew that or not. In college, they don't go to class anymore. If they show up, they show up. If they don't show up, they don't show up. Am I right, Layla? A lot of kids, they don't even go to class anymore. They just sort of show up every now and then. I was shocked when I found that out. <clears throat> and um, I, I was late for class one day, and I walked by the professor. I said, I'm sorry, I'm late. And, uh, and I gave her, I said, the reason I'm late is, and she said, that's an excuse. Now, what's your reason? I said, Ooh, that was pretty good. Isn't that something you remember some things 45 years later? That's your excuse. Now, what's your reason? So we have a laundry list of excuses as to why we don't. Maybe it was the untimely. Some of them could be legitimate sounding. The untimely death of a loved one. You know, a physical deformity. A grave loss that occurred in our lives. We could use that as an excuse. And some are just foolish excuses. Well, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, join the club. I can give you a whole list of prayers he never answered in my life. And probably, as I wait longer, I'm going to look back and say, thank God you didn't answer them. Yeah. Oh, 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 Sister Bucket Mouth hurt my feelings. Yeah. Brother Blowhard offended me. Yeah. Hurt, offended. God, join the club. Well, that church isn't friendly. Of course it's not friendly. It's made up of humans. Uh, so they stop running the race. By the way, do you know how many times doctors goof up and we still go to them? Do you realize that the whole world was shut down a year ago by doctors and now they're finding out that everything we did didn't have to happen? But we still go back to them. We still listen to them like they're God on earth. And I'm not saying that's wrong. We need doctors. But they make mistakes all the time. We go right back to them. How many times does a weatherman get it wrong? And we still sit like zombies in front of the TV watching the weather report. Do I need to even talk about politicians? All a pack of liars, but we still vote for them. What in the world? (laughs) By the way, (laughs) I'll really get in trouble here. For those of you who do not like Donald Trump... Don't worry, he just killed his chances because one of the things he said he's going to do is institute term limits when he's in. So you know for a fact that the foxes in the hen house are not going to leave. (laughs) Anybody that wants term limits is never going to see the White House, my friend. Anyway, that's just a little side note for (laughs) you. Thank God for the remnant of believers. Hallelujah. Thank God for people who stay the course who will not give excuses who will not excuse themselves, but they stay the course. These people are not household names in the kingdom, but they keep on walking. They're not at the center of the spotlight, but they keep on laboring. You won't see them on TBN or CBN or any other end, but they're not at the latest church conference. They don't have their own radio program, but they keep on serving. They keep on witnessing. They keep on tithing. They keep on teaching. They keep on praying. They keep on visiting the sick. They act like Jesus would have them act. They keep on doing what the Father says. They keep running the race and nobody even knows they're running it. It's interesting that, that uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, he says, I've run the race and I've finished the course. At that time, he knew that his course was done. He knew that it was finished. But not now to the Philippians. He says, I'm still I'm still running listen, God bless those that know there's more to learn, there's more to do, there's more to understand, there's more that God has for your life. I believe that's a word for somebody right now. It's not over. It's not finished. The war is not lost. There is more joy coming. There is healing on its way. Peace is right around the corner. Blessing is on the way. Provision is about to unfold. Power is about to be displayed. Keep moving forward. Don't stop. Your labor is not in vain. You will reap a harvest in due season if you don't face fate. Because I believe... I believe for all of us, for that person, for those of us that just keep running the race, just keep stumbling, tripping, falling, but we keep running the race, I believe that right now as you run this race, you are more now than you were yesterday. You can do more now than you could do yesterday. You know more now than yesterday. You're stronger now than yesterday. You can overcome things now that used to crush you yesterday. What you thought would kill you yesterday has made you only stronger for today. You laugh at things that used to make you cry. You teach things to others that used to confuse you. Satan's ploys that used to stumble you yesterday are obvious to you today. The weakness of the flesh that harassed you yesterday is just an afterthought. Keep running till you finish the race. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You know, the tactic of Satan is very simple. Uh, I believe 99% of the time, there are those times when his attack is direct, but I believe that 99% of the time, his ploy, the way he does things, is not to knock you flat on your back so you're looking up at the sky, but his job, his greatest ploy, his device is to get you one degree off. That's all. Just one degree Because he knows if he can get you one degree off today, then three months from now, you're going to be six degrees off. And then another 12 months, you're going to be 14 degrees off. And he's patient. He's way more patient than we are. And if he can get his job done correctly, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself going 90 degrees the wrong way and you wonder how you got there. Because all he did was just get you a little bit off course Run the course with the word of God. Keep your heart with all diligence in the word and run that race. So we start the race by knowing we're apprehended. We run the race because we've been apprehended and we're listening to him. And then Paul says, here's how I'm going to finish the race. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm pressing until I get to the upward call of, of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. And here's how I'm going to do it. He says, this one thing I do, then he lists three things. <laughs> good, he's a good preacher. Three <laughs> conclusions, right? <clears throat> this one thing I do, he says, I forget, I press, and I reach. I forget, I press, and I reach. Now, I believe that what he's saying there, he's not kooky. And he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't know how to count. But I believe what he's saying is all of those things are one action. They're just one action. If all you do is forget the past, but you don't do anything right now, well, that's of no value. Well, excuse me, but what good are you? You've got to be working. We're working for the kingdom. We're doing something. If all you do is concentrate only on the future, oh, Jesus is coming back, or this is going to happen, or that's going to happen, well, then you're no good for the present. People need to hear about Jesus right now. So, you know, if if you concentrate on your past only, well, then we just better shut the casket lid cuz you're done. You're done. It's all one action. As believers, we forget the past, we grab hold of the present and we boldly march into the future. We forget the past, we hold on to the word of God and we keep marching into the future. A future that we might not understand, a future that we might understand, I don't know. But we keep marching. It, it, we do not live our lives in the woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Oh my Lord, if you want to kill yourself, forget about taking pills or anything like that. Just do woulda, coulda, shoulda. You'll end up curled up in a corner sucking your thumb. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, I woulda, shoulda, shoulda this, why did I do this, shoulda, shoulda, coulda. No, 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 we don't do that. That's all done. That's all done. We keep looking forward. If you spend one minute in your past, you've just wasted one minute of your present and possibly 10 minutes of your future. So you say, okay, so, so what do we do? How do we forget? The, what do we forget? What do we forget? He says, I, I forget things. Well, I'll tell you, number one, we forget, of course, past failures. Uh, that's, that's obvious. We forget the past failures. Uh, you know what? With God guess what? It's a good, good thing. It might be different than last time. You know? It was never, never. It's not always, always. Change can happen. Just because that man hurt you once doesn't mean every man will. Just because that woman left you once doesn't mean every woman will. Just because your business failed once doesn't mean the next business will. Just because you fell short once doesn't mean you're going to fall short again. Just because Satan beat you once doesn't mean he's going to beat you again. You may have lost the battle, but you didn't lose the war. So we look at past failures, and we, and we can learn from them. We can understand where we went wrong, and that's fine. But we look at them as past and complete and under the blood of Jesus, and we move forward. But there's another thing that we have to forget, I believe, in the past as well. And that is past victories. Past victories. There is nothing that can paralyze you more than phrases like, those were the good old days. <laughs> you know, whenever I hear that, I always, I always chuckle and think, really? Like... What days were they? I, I look at my mother and others that are in their 90s and think, okay, wait a minute, was World War I a good old day? Or World War II? Or the Great Depression? Or how about the stories that she would tell me about how many of her friends contracted polio when she was a child? Those were the good old days? Kids would suddenly all of a sudden not be in school because they got polio? How about tuberculosis? <laughs> good old day. De- what were the good old days? Vietnam, was those the good old days? What? Was slavery? Were those the good old days? What? What were the good old days that we look back to so many times? Or, or that was when God really moved? Really? Is that when God really moved? So he's not moving anymore. That's when God really, oh, I remember the charismatic renewal. Oh, I remember the revivals of the 40s and the 50s and 70s and 80s. And I remember Brownsville. And I remember Catherine Kuhlman did this. And I remember Oral Roberts doing that. Listen, those things were wonderful, but they can kill you just as fast as past defeats. Cause you're still looking We've got to look forward. Wherever you are in your walk with the Lord right now, God always has more. He is a God of more. He's not the God of less and he always has more. If you are at rock bottom, I guarantee you he has more. If you feel that your bank account is as full as it's ever going to get, I guarantee you he has more. If you feel you're as healthy as you could ever be, I guarantee you he has more. He always has more than we think. Always. He's the God of more. El Shaddai is his name in the Old Testament, which Pardon me, but that means the multi-breasted one. In other words, he has more than enough to feed whatever needs to be fed. More than enough. And all through scripture we see it from the very beginning. You could look at Adam and Eve and you could immediately say, Well, that's all over. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. Well, they they botched it up and it's all done. No, no, not with God. Not with God. He said, No, no, I've got a plan. See, you don't understand. I've got a plan. In the midst of this total rebellion and total... Two people. Two people lousy humans and they still rebelled it it didn't take 10,000 of them did it it didn't take a coalition it didn't take a government action it just took two lousy humans and they still disagreed with God (laughs) aren't we something but God said no 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 you may think it's over but this is just part of a plan I've got a plan and here's the plan The seed that that woman's going to bring forth, the serpent's going to try to crush him, but that seed is going to crush his head by his heel on the cross someday. And he began his plan. If you thought Noah building an ark was amazing, wow, what a story. Well, then you need to wait and see Abraham and Sarah because there's a 90-year-old barren womb that's going to birth an entire nation. Wait till you see what happens then. And if you think Abraham and Sarah was amazing, wait till you see the children of Joseph. Joseph sitting on the throne of Egypt. And if you think... Joseph's throne was amazing, wait till you see God deliver millions from that Egypt. And if you think that deliverance was amazing with the blood on the doorposts and the plagues falling out of the heavens, if you think that was amazing, then wait till you see that cloud by day and the pillar of night guide millions of people through the midst of a desert. And if you think the cloud and the pillar were great, wait till you see the bitter water made sweet. Wait till you see the manna come down from heaven. Wait till you see the billions of birds fly out of nowhere and rest on the Israelites so that he could pluck them from the trees and eat them. And if you thought that was something, wait till you see Joshua march around Jericho's walls and see the concrete fall. And if you think Joshua was amazing, wait till you see David's throne. And if you think David's throne was amazing, wait till you see Solomon's throne in all of its splendor. And if you think Solomon's throne was amazing, wait till you see the throne of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There is always more. Hallelujah. It is always above and beyond what you can ask or even think. Any one of those stages in the Old Testament, on through the New Testament, they thought it was over. They thought that was the pinnacle. They thought, oh, it couldn't get greater than Solomon's temple. Oh, it couldn't get greater than this or that. It couldn't get greater. And it was always something greater. If what you're asking of something You may think that's the main thing, but it's only one small part. You can think it, but that's not it. There's more. Because the word says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for his people. If you can think it today, guess what? That's not it. Isn't that amazing? Think any thought you want to think. That's not it think any great thing you want to think that's going to happen. That's not it. That's not it. As a matter of fact, I I was listening. I I am fascinated by uh, the study of creation and the science of creation, and I enjoy listening to um, uh, scientists and and physicists, pagan ones. I, I like to listen to what they say. And and they're still trying to figure out how the Big Bang happened. They're still trying to figure out how the first thing happened. What was that singularity? How did it at first explode? So now they're saying, here's the new theory. This is pretty interesting. Now they're saying that we are part of an eon, and our eon began with a Big Bang. But our eon that began was the ending of a previous eon, that that was a Big Bang, and that Big Bang expanded, and before the molecules fully expanded, a second Big Bang occurred, and that's our Big Bang. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like the Apostle Paul when he says age upon age, eon upon eon, that in the ages to come, the eons to come, God's going to continue to show us his majesty and his glory. So maybe there were eons before. I don't know. I don't care. But all I know is this eon's going to end in the second coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's going to show us all the other eons that might have been out there. But I know that God has prepared something for us that we cannot possibly even imagine. So forget all the past with all of its defeats. And forget the past with all of its victories. And get ready for what God has now. Hallelujah. Tanya, you can come. I don't don't know where you're at, but you can come. Get ready for what God has now. Start the race, run the race, finish the race, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what direction you're going, understand that God has already prepared it the steps of the good man are ordered of the Lord he's already walking you along that path, and even when you don't understand it, even it may be the valley of the shadow of death. you might not understand it it might be it might be a mountaintop and you're just dancing and rejoicing and, and hallelujah, this is great it may whatever it might be, understand that he's got you in his hand, he's apprehended you, and he's moving you forward in his direction and step by step. Step by step, moment by, and you know what? There's the patience, isn't it? How many of you love to do things step by step? I don't. How many of you love to follow, get out the instruction manual when you're putting something together and follow the instructions step by step? I don't. But we're following him step by step, and he's leading us to a finished race. When we will attain the resurrection. (laughs) And that's what we're praying for. Father, we just thank you so much for your pathway that you lead us in, for how you guide us. And, And sometimes, as the old hymn says, sometimes it's through the water, sometimes it's through the fire, sometimes it's the flood. But we do know one thing it's all through the blood, all through the blood of Jesus. And that blood is leading us from victory to victory to victory. And all you're asking is for us to be like the Apostle Paul and say, Father, you've apprehended us. You've grasped us with your grace and your mercy. And we're going to just continue to follow you and listen to your voice. And as we do, you're going to lead us to the finished race. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand together. Can we just sing that one last time, just that chorus part? You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Sing that, hallelujah. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing that to him. The start of the race to the end of the race. You are worthy of it all. Yes, you are, Lord. Yes, you are you are worthy of it all hallelujah father for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory so it starts from him and it's going to end in him amen All we do is walk in between by faith. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Go forth praising him in Jesus' name. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay connected to him because he's worthy of it all. God bless you. Turn around, bless one another. You're dismissed. Hallelujah, Lord.